Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we have tons of stuff to get to on this show on St. Patrick's Day, too, of all days. Uh, plenty of stuff going on with uh, Ducks trade news. We put out a Ducks trade article. If you didn't see it, we'll kind of go over some of that in the show. Uh, we will go over the road trip really briefly. Uh, the Ducks didn't win any games on that. We're not going to spend too much time on that, but we've got plenty of team updates uh, trade news with the Ducks and other teams. It's not even uh, the the weekend yet before the trade deadline, and and people are making moves. So plenty of that to go over. Tons of fan questions as well, and other stuff going on in the league. So we're gonna just dive into all of it, break it down. But uh, before we start, it is St. Patrick's Day. Eddie, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the Brewery X Ducks beer. Um, not the IPA one. I can't drink IPA one. It's the little uh, the blonde L. See, with me, with IPA, I drink beer fast. So if I start drinking IPAs, I'll be really, like, lit. And I went to Universal Studios recently on Valentine's Day weekend, and it was so terrible over there, the lack of staff. The bartender literally said F it and walked out of the Moe's Tavern when people were trying to order a long line. So once I found an area that served beer, I got an IPA, I chugged a couple of them, and that hit the spot real quick. But, yeah, I'm drinking that. Unfortunately, I'm not wearing any green, but the good news is I have a lot of tattoos and a lot of them have colored green in them, so I'm safe from being pinched. <laughs> well, I, I, I usually wear green at work, so I, I'm good on that one. But as far as the drinks go, I'm trying something new today. Uh, my wife found Dr. Pepper Cherry Zero, so no no uh, carbs and sugar and calories and all that other crap, but uh, tastes fantastic with uh, cinnamon fireball whiskey. I'll just tell you that right now. Something new I actually tried before the show. Hopefully I don't get too crazy on here and, and go nuts on this uh, podcast. But Dr. Pepper Cherry Zero, not bad with, uh, with some whiskey or I don't know, whatever you want to mix it with. So those are our drinks options for the show. Um, and we'll we'll start getting through this. So just as we, uh, I'll just kind of review real quick. I know we haven't done a show in a couple weeks. We talked about some stuff on the last show. We'll, we'll bring up some of that uh, again on this one. But the way the show goes is we will break down the games pretty quickly this time. Um, there'll be timestamps too. You can go forward probably 30 minutes, maybe a little bit sooner on this one uh, to see the team news, which is the next section we talk about. Then plenty of stuff on the trades going on with the Ducks and around the league, and then also league news as well, and then we'll usually finish with some fan questions. So that's kind of how the show gets set up, and we'll have sponsors throughout and whatnot going on there. Don't forget, we're part of the Old City Sports Network, and we're happy to be with them, and we've been doing more and more uh, podcasts and things like that. If you didn't catch it, I did a live show with seven or eight other podcasters on their network, and we're looking to do more shows like that. We actually talked about um, a lot of the trade stuff too, which I'll, I'll, I'll mention on this show. But uh, let's get rolling here. Let's we'll go through the games real quick. Like I said, um, I, oh, I did have one funny comment, a fan question. I forgot Eddie. I wanted to mention we had uh, Clancy uh, Shiver on Instagram, and this was his his. We asked for questions, right? And this was his comment. He said, "Quote: Go to St. Patrick's Day drink." End quote. So uh, Clancy, I don't know if you're drunk already. Or you have uh, your grammar was off, or, or what? I, I, I think he was saying 
you know, go St. Patrick's Day and drink, which Eddie and I are doing. <laughs> I think that's what he meant, Eddie, but uh, we're, we're, we're going with it. So <laughs> I, I, lo- I love it. I love it. Yes. You know what, Clancy? I'm taking a shot right now of Pink Whitney for you. Cheers right there on the microphone. But I love it. If you're, if you're getting lit, crunk, have fun. I unfortunately have to work tomorrow morning, so I really can't get that bad. Um, if you're going to drink and have fun, just be safe. Uh, lift, Uber, walk. Uh, ho- no, don't ride a horse. You can get a DUI riding a horse drunk. Just be safe and have a good time. That's hilarious because the thing about the horse is true. I actually teach a class on that. So that that's funny that you mentioned that. A lot of people don't know about that. You can get a DUI riding a horse in the state of California. California that's my, law. That's my Go life ahead. goal one day. Like If I'm ever going to DUI when I'm older and I don't want to drive anymore, I'm just going to get drunk one day and just ride a horse, call the cops on myself. And just go to jail for that, because that's going to be one hell of a story to tell my grandkids. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird <laughs> weird exceptions. I, I it's funny, but it is true. So yeah, don't 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 ride a horse drunk. <laughs> uh, speaking of drunk, uh, I think the Ducks team was a little drunk on this road trip. So <laughs> we'll go through these quick. But the the Ducks didn't win any of these games. I'm not going to bore you with a lot of the details, but they did start out in Chicago. Uh, they had no Getzloff, no, no Lundestrom. They were hurt. There's also a lot of injuries going on with this team, which some of that will factor in later in the show during the trade portion. You probably know what I'm alluding to, but uh, they didn't have those guys. Ducks had already lost to Chicago earlier in the season, and uh, they probably played their worst period of hockey in the first period of this game, getting uh, blown out five goals in that opening frame. Uh, and it just It was just all downhill after that. Uh, they gave up an early goal in the second period, uh, down 6 nothing. They actually battled back. I was surprised. You had Silverberg, Zegras, and Henrik all score goals. Made it 6-3, to three, so it was interesting for a second. And then, of course, Chicago got some more goals. And Dylan Strom gets a hat trick on their freaking hat, uh, hat giveaway night. So, you know, just insult to injury on this game, Eddie. Uh, you know, the Ducks also went with that 11-7 lineup, which I, it just does not work for this team. And, and I just... I mean, the Ducks did play a little bit better uh, in the second half of the game. But, I mean, dude, you're down six goals to nothing. I mean, scoring a couple goals is playing better. So there wasn't really anything that good from this game other than the Ducks didn't get shut out and and, and completely uh, lay down and and die. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's really unfortunate. And my selfish whole point of thought is I don't get to watch a lot of these games live anymore. I have to watch like after the fact when I get home, watch recordings or have to like just not watch it live. So this was one of the first games I could actually watch live. So I'm working on my cybersecurity homework and doing that. Usually it's really boring and dry. I'm looking up at the Ducks game and my cybersecurity homework is more entertaining than watching the Ducks play. I was just really pissed off. Like, come on, against Chicago too. But you know what? Reality, like I said it before, it's, it's this isn't a playoff team. Reality came down and hit this team. Uh, but to lose to a team like Chicago, it's that's even that's bad. We talked about Dylan Strom too. I, I told I, I was saying before he was in a doghouse. He was a healthy scratch the start of the season. I would love to see a player like that be on the Ducks. Uh, how big he is, how young he is. Um, <laughs> it kind of bit, bit me in the ass him scoring a hat trick, but. Yeah, this was a, a really hard one to watch, and I was really disappointed, screaming, uh, yelling at my cyber, my cybersecurity homework as well as the Ducks game. Yeah, th- there just wasn't anything good other than, the, you know, like I said, the Ducks battled back in the second period. But uh, frustrating game with no Getzloff, no Lundstrom in there. And, and to add insult to injury, the Ducks then go into the Nashville game. Still no Getzloff. Uh, he's added to the IR, was retroactive uh, back to March 4th. And then Silverberg's added to the IR, 
Uh, and then you had no Zegras too. He, he had an injury. He couldn't play in this game. Lundstrom was still out. And uh, this one was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot going on in this game, really. Uh, I mean, Nashville got a power play goal in the first period. They got another goal later in the second period. Then um, Henrique would finally get the Ducks on the board in the third, made it 2-1. to one. Of course, then Gibson gave up a goal a couple minutes later, which was kind of iffy. And then that was it. The Ducks, this you know, they couldn't they couldn't handle it, and then they lost this one uh, four to one. I wasn't as mad about this game uh, because they had no Getzloff, Silverberg, Zegers, and Lundstrom. Um, you know, they called up a bunch of players. They had uh, uh, Regan was called up. They brought up Leterrier. Uh, they had to bring in a bunch of reinforcements basically because all these guys were out. Um, but I, I thought the Ducks actually played okay uh, in this game. It wasn't it wasn't you know, horrible, but um, I, there's just not much to do. The, the Ducks were depleted in this game. Um, Eddie, the only good thing I, I would tell you is that uh, Robinson uh, had a fight in this game against McCarron, but Robinson didn't do that well in this fight, uh, unfortunately. So there wasn't really a lot of good stuff in this game, Eddie. Yeah, at least he tried to drop the gloves as Sparky's team, but unfortunately it wasn't. It was the whole Matt, Duchesne, uh, Matt Duchesne show. It's funny, uh, he, he came a long way. Like When he first got to Nashville, he did okay. Then last season, he did terrible. People were calling for him. Now he's just playing lights out. Already has 31 goals. Of course, he gets two against the Ducks. Just Not a good road trip. They still had, I guess, I guess they were still thinking about that Chicago game and just kind of bled over to the Nashville game. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, you know, they continued the road trip and they had back-to-back games. So they had the Devils on Saturday, and then uh, they had the uh, Islanders after that on Sunday. Uh, Saturday was was fun in the sense that, for a couple reasons, we had our watch party, by the way. A lot of you came out and hung out, which was fun. Jen uh, came, which, you know, talked a lot about stuff. We were talking about things going on. Um, Jared, also known as the Mighty Jerseys, who's a big fan, he was there. We were talking about all kinds of jersey stuff and trade stuff. And there was a, a good group uh, of people there because it was Saturday night. So you had a couple of the regular crowd and then a bunch of people was packed. Um, they had a band, too, there that played. In the, they were coming to play in the third period. And it was hilarious because it was tied late in this game. You will call 1-1. And we actually got the band to uh, start playing the instruments and, and chanting, Let's go Ducks, let's go Ducks. So that was pretty hilarious. So the photo, I, I, I think I posted it. Maybe only on Instagram, but if you if you check it out, I, I put the band up on there, and they're actually pretty good. They're playing classic rock uh, during the third period while we're watching the game and, and whatnot. And then, of course, you know the game goes to overtime and it goes to shootout and all that, and the Ducks don't win this one. I actually thought the Ducks played uh, better in this game. I mean, there was just a shit ton of shots in this game. There were seventy four shots on goal. The Ducks had thirty four. Devils had forty. Not a lot of defense for Anaheim. They did get Zegris and Lundstrom back in this game. Still no Silverberg or Getzloff. And I forgot to mention, Steele did not play in this game either. He took a puck to the face and that Nashville loss, he was put on the IR. So there's just so many players on the Ducks on the IR. Uh, and they ended up losing this one. But Stolarz was a net. He played lights out. Um, he just didn't do well in the shootout, unfortunately. And I, I, I thought I thought maybe the Ducks would steal a point in the, in the overtime of the shootout in this one, but it just didn't happen, Eddie. Yeah, the uh, Nico Dawes, that rookie from um, from New Jersey, played lights out too. It was a goaltending battle. The shots were just going crazy. Um, I didn't watch this game live either, Mike. And I can tell you, I, I can't even recall what the hell happened Saturday. I had a tournament this weekend, Friday, Saturday. 
Uh, we I played some of my worst hockey myself. Saturday came, and uh, half my team decides, that, including myself, that it'd be a good idea to start drinking Pink Whitney at 9 in the morning on empty stomachs. So by the time the, our elimination game came for the tournament, uh, half of us were pretty much drunk. And then the rest is history. Five bottles of Pink Whitney later, I wake up and I'm in my room like, what the hell happened? It was just nuts. I guess, I don't know. <laughs> it seemed like I have a drinking problem or something, but that's why I missed the watch party. I had my tournament. Jared, I, I really want to hang out with you and meet you. You're always commenting, posting, all your jerseys too. I'd love to talk to you about jerseys. Uh, Jen, it's always a pleasure seeing Jen and, and all the other Ducks fans. I, I love hanging out with you guys. I love interacting with you guys. I apologize I couldn't be there. I was planning on it, but unfortunately my tournament got changed from the beginning of March to the date of the watch party. So hopefully the next watch party I have everything free and I can uh, I can meet up with you guys too. I can bring my girlfriend. She's a Kings fan. You guys can just give her shit. So she's just, she said she was down to go to this one, but she plays hockey with me too and played with me on Saturday. So just, yeah, she's the one that drove me. So cheers to her for taking care of me and driving me home, making sure I got home safe. So. Yeah, that uh, that that day was fun, man. I mean, the the ducks are drunk and you're drunk. You know, like I said, that's the theme. Everybody's drunk. <laughs> no, no, I was I was I, it, I was inebriated. There was like another word, annihilated. Maybe it was just I didn't pass out on the floor at the, in the parking lot like one other guy did, and unfortunately, it was one of my teammates that did that. So, but yeah, his uh, his his significant other made sure he got home safe too. It was just funny. It was it was all around a good time. I had my brother come hang out with us. Uh, everyone was just having a good time drinking. It was fun. This is why I love the game. I, I love meeting the people. Mike, I met you through hockey. I met everyone else through Ducks and Pucks. All my beard league teams I played for here in Colorado. I just I'm so grateful and fortunate to this game allowed me to meet so many great people. And I couldn't I can't thank thank my dad enough for bring me to my first game and introduce me to the game of hockey make me fall in love with it absolutely man and that, and that's what i had a good time you know we i was looking it up and we were going to have a watch party at steelcraft and garden grove back on march of 2020 and that's when all the nonsense happened and all the craziness in the world so uh i had looked it up and i was planning the events and and looking you know uh contacting all the people and everybody that uh was involved last time and i'm like oh it's at the two-year mark so we were able to uh, do that. And it's kind of funny. That reminds me, too, when I went to the Vegas game on New Year's. I forgot to mention this on the show, too. A lot of you don't rem maybe remember this or not. But the whole purpose of that game going to it was because my mom passed away on New Year's of 2019. So going to it two years later on 2021 was the whole reason why we did that. That was They lost, but, but if you remember my mom passed away, obviously I couldn't sit there and finish the game with my emotional state of mind. But uh, my goal was to go back on New Year's and, and be there and watch the whole game all the way through for her. So I was, I, it was just kind of emotional things, but I was happy to do that on New Year's. And then I was happy to do this with the watch party because we had this planned and, and then all the lockdowns and all the stuff happened and we couldn't do it. So I was really happy uh, to, you know, two things that, you know, kind of went bad during that time and able to kind of get through them and, and you know, redo those events and uh, like a second chance, if you will. So I was happy about that. Everybody that came out, it was great meeting uh, new faces. There were a couple people that I talked to that uh, they had followed me since the beginning. I, I was I was cracking up. They were like, yeah, man, like, you know, they listened to the show and um, we were talking about a lot of stuff with the Ducks 
and just uh, trying to do more watch parties and, and you know talking about the coverage and different things like that. We talked about the trade deadline. I mean, it was just all around a really good time. And if you haven't gone to the Steelcraft and Garden Grove, I, I highly recommend it. Outdoor seating with the benches and stuff. The huge-ass TV that you saw that I posted in the photo. Uh, just a good, good time. So we had fun with that. And uh, like I said, the Ducks ended up uh, losing that game. Getting a point, but still losing. Then they played the next day against the Islanders, another team that they had a hard time with earlier uh, this season. And, of course, they lose this game. And and actually, they didn't play bad the whole game. But the first period, they gave up two goals at the end of the first period uh, in like 25, 26 seconds. They were down 3-1. to one. He Actually, you know, we had Manson, too, that came back. Um, in action as well on this weekend he actually scored in this game and of course we'll talk about the trade uh, naturally but uh, bad first period ducks didn't play horrible overall thought maybe that you know they could you know pull this out they tried to rally they came up a goal short but um, they outshot the islanders 42 to 29 in this uh you know not scoring on the power play in the last couple games we've talked about how the power play hasn't been doing as well but um, kind of a rough weekend for the Ducks, Eddie. I mean, they, they play both these teams and lose. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you saw the one thing that was exciting was Zegers did try the Michigan and the Islander game. He, they, he didn't score. They stopped him on that. But at least, uh, you know, the Ducks are losing, but Zegers is still doing entertaining things, Eddie. Yeah, Zegers is being Zegers. Uh, I, it seems like, yeah, he wants to win and everything, but he, he's, he's going to keep going. He's gonna, He wants to kind of get his team out of that slump and do something to to kind of take a rise out of his team you have the fighters that will drop the gloves to energize their team zegris just does zegris things hopefully he continues that it kind of hurts too seeing you uh, struggling palmary all season get two goals and number one star it's like i still miss him on the team but uh yeah i almost uh, got my heart broken when you mentioned manson but we'll talk about that a little later mike yeah we'll we'll go into that uh one thing too gibson did make a spectacular save on palmary uh, with the paddle preventing the hat trick, though Gibson, we'll we'll talk about him too because a lot of you are riled up about him. He didn't really have his best stuff that game, but he he did make a spectacular save to prevent the hat trick. But you're right, Palmieri kind of coming out of nowhere on there. Um, and then the Ducks, their last one, uh, they got another point against the Rangers. They lost uh, four to three in overtime. Uh, Comtois starts you know picking it up lately. He's got a, a goal and three assists in his last uh, four or five games. He actually, you know, scored early on this one. He set a screen uh, on the second goal, and I, I really thought the Ducks deserved a better fate in this one. Um, you know, they not that they played better because they didn't really play that much better in this game. But Kreider gets a lucky bounce on that power play goal uh, in the third period that ended up, you know, forcing overtime. Um, maybe if that doesn't happen, the Ducks pull out a win in this one and get two points instead of one. Um, they're badly outshot 38 to 23 puck possession wasn't good in this game um, you did have Derek Grant getting on the board he's actually got his ninth goal now on a great pass by O'Regan in this one um, and then you had I guess the big thing is Terry got an assist he also scored his 29th goal over the weekend and then an assist in this one so he's up to 100 points which is fantastic for Terry he's doing uh, great so I guess the biggest thing with this road trip, Eddie, is uh, certain players are doing fine. You know, Terry's doing his thing. Comtois kind of coming back. Uh, Zegers is still out there flying around. But overall, as a team, uh, just not good for the Ducks. They're completely slipping out of the playoff race. Yeah, but you know what, Mike? 
we both kind of called this like we had false hopes a little bit as fans, but as really diving down deep on this team, this is not a playoff team. We said it from the beginning. If they squeaked in the playoffs, you, knew, you we all knew for damn well they're going to get knocked out. You have teams, you have Vegas, you have Colorado, you have Calgary playing just, I don't know, bananas with Markstrom just going nuts this season, uh, Vezina Trophy uh, candidate. Um, uh, good for the Ducks that uh, they didn't have, sh- uh, the Rangers didn't have Shashurkin playing. He's probably going to win the Vezna. Um, they had Georgiev, who's been playing like crap lately, but apparently he, he played good against the Ducks. It's just. Reality's hitting the ducks, and it's nothing like to frown upon. It's not. It's not bad. Like we all knew it was going to happen. We didn't want the ducks to squeak in the playoffs to just get absolutely brutally murdered if they had to play a team like Colorado Avalanche and their wild card team, getting swept and getting that mid round. They're dropping now, and that's good. Now we know what the fix. We know what the ducks are capable of. What our rookies are developing for. We have Troy Terry developing to a superstar. We have our goaltending set. This is what we have to put those building blocks right now and build those pieces. Now we have to just figure out what we do for the trade deadline and get ready for next season. This team's going to be dangerous for years to come. We have too much talent on this team. We have one of the best prospect pipelines in the National Hockey League. If you're a Ducks fan, you should not get mad. You should not hold your head down. You should not bash the team or just turn your back on the team because they're dropping the standings. No. This is what is expected. After January, that times all that grinding. No, it's just this is reality of it. Ducks aren't a playoff team. They weren't going to be a playoff team. Playoffs is a whole different animal, and the second half of the season is a whole different animal as well. And this is exactly what the Ducks are proving everyone that that first half of the season was kind of a you know them playing just different teams, underestimating them. They had their little confidence, or they were just different team. But now it's like teams are grinding out, and those those. Playoff teams are starting to separate themselves from the non-playoff teams. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, you look at where the Ducks are at right now, and and I know some people are like, oh, they can make the playoffs. It's not bad. Uh, As we're recording this, they're three points behind Vegas, who's actually started to slump a little bit. And people are like, oh, well, we're only three points behind Vegas for that last spot that we can can get in there. Uh, Yeah, but you got to look at Dallas. Dallas is one point right now behind Vegas, like I said at the time that we're recording this. Dallas has five games in hand over the Ducks. So, yeah, the Ducks are two points behind them, but five games. I mean, so they're really six, eight, maybe ten points behind Dallas, depending on how they how they do in their games. And Vancouver's right on their heels, too. So it's really slim. If you look at the moneypuck.com stats, uh, I frequently go on there. It, the Ducks, I think the last time I checked, it was like 2.4% they'd make the playoffs. And like the other day, it was like one8 So, I mean, they're hovering around 1% or 2%. They're not going to make it. I'm not worried about it either. I know a lot of people out there are stressed out about that. I, I, I'm just not worried about it. I'm not, I'm not worried about this team not making the playoffs. Because like you said, they're going to go in there. If they, if they did pull it off, let's say, you know, a lot of people are saying that it's around 92, 93 points that you have to get to get into the playoffs. Ducks are at 65. Uh, they're going to have to play ridiculous hockey in the last 19 uh, games to get that. They're going to have to get basically get a point a game, right? So, uh, you know, those 19 games, they're going to have to win probably 11 of those games maybe to get in. That, that's not going to happen. They're not going to win uh, 10, 11 of the last 19 games. 
Um, it, it's just not going to happen. So I wouldn't get your hopes up on that. I, I do think they did play a little bit better the last uh, couple, not the Ranger game so much, but I, I think the Islanders and, and, and uh, Devils, they did play better. Uh, I thought they had a bad couple minutes there in that Islander game in the first period. Uh, New Jersey was a goalie battle, like you said. I thought Stolarz was fantastic. I thought he deserved a better fate. He, you know, he kind of folded a little bit in the shootout, but I mean, in terms of the game, he, he was outstanding. And even New York, they didn't play well, but they had a chance to win that game if it wasn't for a bad bounce. So, you know, they could have pulled out two points now. They only got uh, two points in three games, but they they could have got that extra one against the Rangers. So, I don't think that they're playing completely horrible. Uh, obviously, they're not playing great, though. I mean, and and they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not. There's too many teams in this, you know, mix going into the end here. You've got Nashville, Vegas, Dallas, Vancouver, and Winnipeg all in the mix, and the Ducks have played more games than every single team. So uh, that's where we're at with the team. The road trip, like I said, they didn't win any of the games. Uh, kind of frustrating, unfortunately, is what it is. I, I think the bigger part. And we'll go into it now. We're going to talk about the team and what's going on is, is the injuries and whatnot. And this section is uh, brought to you by Z-Stack. It's a new multivitamin pill. I've been taking it a lot. It's a great pill. Uh, vitamin C, D, zinc, and quercetin. Uh, it, it just, it's been a great pill. It's helped me a lot. I haven't been sick in a long, long time uh, since I've been taking it. But you could check it out at ZStackLife.com. Put in my name, Mike, and you'll get a discount as well on there. So uh, with that, we'll, we'll jump in. To the, the actual specifics of the team, uh, you know, I agree with you, Eddie. I, I think one thing that's interesting, and this will this will kind of bleed over into the trade deadline and trades when we get there. But this team, they have Silverberg out on a lower body injury, Getzloff out on a lower body injury, Raquel on an upper body injury, and then Steele is out, but he uh, has been practicing. And uh, between the reports that we've seen, it looks like he, he could play soon, maybe in the game against Florida, if not the following week. So the Ducks might get him back. But you have these three guys out. We had uh, some good news. Uh, Bradford Hardy asked about a Max Jones update, which I was actually going to provide this anyways. But we found uh, out today, as you saw, that Max Jones posted on his social media that he was back skating uh, on his own today, which was fantastic. The word was that he was most likely going to uh, come back uh, in the beginning of April. It seemed like he was on track for that to play. Um, and if you don't know, I do put a lot of these in our game previews and game recaps. I, I put in a lot of the injury news and team notes in those articles. So even when the Ducks lose, I know some of you don't like to read it because I, I, I see how many people read when the Ducks lose and when they win. Obviously, more of you read it when they, they win. But I do put in those little things in there like the, the milestones that happen or some kind of injury news or things like that. So um, I don't always make a social media post about it. Uh, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But they're in those articles. So even if the Ducks lose... Uh, or if you're kind of checked out because they've been losing uh, in the game previews and recaps, all this team news that we talk about in the show is usually in those articles, and I put it in there multiple times in case you don't see it. So that's kind of where we're at with the injury stuff, um, Eddie. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I, I, I'm glad that uh, Steele's coming back, and it's great to see Max Jones. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Ducks injuries and just kind of the status of this team? I, I know, like you said about the playoffs, I, I don't see anything happening uh, there. But I, I think part of this also goes to what you and I talk about, about chemistry. And this is a thing that's messed up with the Ducks because it's hard to get chemistry with all these guys in and out of the lineup in these last two weeks. 
Yeah, I think one of the most important people, and obviously he's important for a reason he wears a C on his jersey, is Getzloff. I think he's elevated this team. He's made the, the young guns more comfortable and elevated their game. I think, yeah, obviously he's not the Getzloff we, we, we've known when he first came in the league when he was that elite player, but I think he still contributes to the team and makes the team around him better. So him getting uh, coming back, it, it's just, it's just going to help this team grow and develop into something great. His leadership ability, his skill, he's one of the greatest captains in the whole entire National Hockey League. And I'm not just saying that as a Ducks fan. Uh, you can talk to any of the fans. You can talk to the analysts. And everyone always has the utmost respect for Getzloff and the way he holds himself. And his composure and the way he cares about his team. And that you can't ask for anything better than a captain. So looking forward to getting him back. Raquel, that's going to hurt. Because obviously, it's a UFA status. He's been on the block. There's teams interested in him. Um, him being hurt is going to hurt his value. So hopefully uh, hopefully we get we get him in a game or two or something and he, he lights it up. But I don't know if the Ducks are really poised on trading him. I can't see him coming back into the lineup until after the trade deadline, like even if he's healthy. So uh, I'm not sure, too, if some of these things um, are just going to be we're going to wait until after the trade deadline and we're going to let other teams, GMs, know the truth of what's going on or have their doctors like look at the players and see for themselves because you don't want to risk them. I, I have no idea, but you know, it was really good to see Max Jones back too. There we go. I, I, something positive. Max Jones been out for a while. He was happy to be uh, to skating again. I don't know if Max Jones listened to this podcast. He posted a, a Twitter question about like uh, music sharing or, or which like music thing to, to do. YouTube Premium. I always like always had those free 30-day trials. I always said no, no, no. I tried it one day, and all of a sudden now I'm a, a, a subscriber. Not giving them free free advertising, but I'm just saying. Max Jones, listen to this. Try YouTube uh, Premium. Yeah, I'm with you. That's the good news. Max Jones coming back for sure. Like I said, we heard that it was going to be in April. Now he's skating here in mid March. Maybe the timeline's pushed up. Maybe he gets in a game at the end of March. I don't. I don't know. But he's definitely should be playing before the season is over, which is a positive. Uh, another thing that was positive was. Was Manson came back, but then he was traded. I'll kind of save that till we get to the trade portion of the show. But um, he came back healthy. As far as the injury stuff goes, tons of rumors are flying about that. Uh, they asked Dallas Akins uh, his take on Raquel. He he said that he was hoping that he would get back in and play. He said that there was no pin uh, trade pending. But then what is he going to say? I mean. Usually the coaches and the GMs are not going to say, yeah, I'm resting my guy because I'm trying to trade him. I, like, I don't know of any of them coming out and saying that. So it seems like they're out resting him. You know, we got one more game before the trade deadline. Um, Getzloff hasn't really been mentioned a whole lot uh, this this time around, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if he um, wants to go get another cup or not. You know, we talked about all the stuff with him and how he wants to stay in Orange County and he loves the Ducks. Even that interview he had that we talked about a little while back, he was talking about, you know, being a front office type guy when he retires uh, and whatnot. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen with these guys that are all quote unquote, you know, on the IR and whatnot because they haven't come back. Uh, Steel, I can tell you for sure, is actually hurt. I, I mean, if you saw it, he took a puck to the face and was bleeding bad. He was like legit hurt. So, and there's no doubt about that. Um, with uh, Silverberg, Getzloff, and Raquel, there's just not a lot of details. And so everybody is out there speculating left and right. 
that, oh, they're just holding them all out because uh, potentially getting traded. I don't know about that. And, I mean, it's it's tough to tell. And like you said, we may not find out until after the trade deadline or we might not find out at all. But with Verbeek and the way things are going right now, he knows this team isn't going to make the playoffs. So if he's keeping people out for a couple extra games, it would not surprise me at all, Eddie. Oh, no. And it, that, that's not a bad thing either. It's not. I hope people don't think, like, oh, he's just looking down on this team and just not a bad thing. He's looking at reality. He's looking at the, at the big picture and what he wants to mold this team to be. It's uh, us not hearing any word about Getzloff. It seems like Getzloff is content with just staying on, on the Ducks team. He seems like it's just, that's his home and he wants to pride himself, like he said numerous times, on staying on that one team. Me as a as a, 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 like me as following the Avalanche, my second favorite team. I was kind of hoping that Getzloff would get traded to the Avalanche. They're looking for that third line center. They need that physicality. They already got a, another player from the Ducks that we'll talk about in a, in a minute or two. But you know what? I I, I respect Getzloff's decision because it's going to be ultimately his. I think he's earned the right to talk to management and say that he wants to stay or he wants to go. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to try to chase another cup as long as it's not with Minnesota or any like, team like that I hate. But yeah, um, as far as him, I uh, don't think he's going to be traded deadline. I think Getzloff is there to stay. Yeah, he's the one that's gotten the least, uh, you know, well, hardly any news about him. I mean, so, but we'll break that down in the, in the trade section. So that's just the injury updates. That's where they're at. The Ducks have a lot of guys out. They're resting some of them, um, you know, in terms, especially with the way things are going with the team, not, you know, most likely making the playoffs, as we said, and the trade deadline coming up. I think another interesting thing, a lot of talk about Gibson lately and a lot of people not happy with the way he's played. Uh, if you look at his numbers on the season, he's 17, 18, and 9, 3.05 goals against and 9.05 save percentage. He actually was lighting it up before the All-Star break. His seven games before, he was 4-1-2, and 1.69 goals against and a 9.48 save percentage. And then since then, he's only won two of his last 11 starts, given up around four goals a game, and the save percentage is, is barely over 8 point two or point eight two so a lot of stuff going on with gibson um I, I think the interesting thing is i asked dan wood and steve carroll on their their duck cues about that and th- it was interesting i i didn't think that they would say too much about it eddie but they actually did they both felt that gibson is lacking focus right now and lacking confidence so i thought that was pretty interesting what do you think about uh the gibson situation because Seems like a lot of people. I read a lot, you know, your comments on social media, and people are really torn on this. Some people are like, you know, just trade him, and then other people are like, no, the Ducks' defense is an issue. And then there's, the, and then everybody goes back and forth and argues about it. I mean, what do you think about Gibson and all of this? Well, it's kind of hard to blame Gibson when your team's giving up a ton of shots per game. Uh, there's been numerous times where it's like the Ducks are getting outshot, 10, 15, almost 20 shots uh, in a period. It's just, it's nuts. It's hard to blame him. It's, they're goalies. They're a different breed. They check out real quick. If your team's not performing, it's easy to get distracted. It's not like they're least competitive. It's just, who are you going to trade him for? Gibson's arguably the second best goalie in the whole entire National Hockey League. You want to argue, maybe third if you want to throw Markstrom up there, because Markstrom's having a fantastic uh, fantastic season with Calgary. I mean, do you want to send uh, Zegris and Drysdale 
your first round pick, a few second round picks. Uh, I don't know. You want to send someone's first child to get Vasilevsky from Tampa Bay and send Gibson over there? Like, I mean, come on. Gibson's having a bad season. The Ducks haven't played that well in front of him. The Ducks have been pretty much, you know, quote unquote, drowning lately. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not the biggest Gibson fan. Everyone knows that, but I, I have his back on this one. He's just it's having a slump, just like like skaters do when they're not scoring goals, or you have a, a player that's not playing that well. Defense, a few games, it's just it gets wear and tear on the goalie. And you, when you're taking that many shots per game, you see your team not performing as great as you've been uh, all season. It just it, it gets tiring, and the focus like, just loses. Is, he's human. He's not a robot. So it's just you can't really blame it on him. I, I for me, I, I I have a little bit of a different take. I honestly think they should bench him more often down the rest of the season. I, I think um, I think part of it's what you said, I, you know, with the defense and things going on. But I I think some of it's on him too, and I think that they should play Stolars more often down the stretch. That's just what I I think uh, for the rest of the season, Eddie. Um, I think they should bring up some of the little uh, our AHL goalies. Dostal mm-hmm. and, and give him some more games. Yes. Obviously, this team is not going to make the playoffs. Why not see what we have in him? If if he starts outperforming both of them, okay, now we have an issue. Now we can we can send Stolarz away and get an asset for him because now we have a capable backup goalie that can probably potentially challenge Gibson in the near future in the starting role. Like, why not do that and give him a few more starts? Especially if this team has just not been playing as well as they have been. Yeah, I'm not blaming it on Stolarz. I think Stolarz has been playing some decent hockey when he has been in net. Uh, at some games, he's been playing outstanding. But it's just at this point, we got to see what our young guns can do and help them develop, especially goalies. Goalies are harder to, like, to develop and take longer. But he has to get uh, more games in the National Hockey League to see what we really have in him and see if we can move forward and he can be that elite goalie that we're all hoping that he's going to be in. And we can start having an argument, which is, the Ducks fans trademark of, you know, Gibson versus Dostal. Like we had Gibson versus Anderson. People still talk about that. Yeah, you, you. it's funny you mentioned that. People do still bring up the Anderson-Gibson thing. And I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like that was a long time ago. But yeah, I'm with you too. Like bring up Dostal and let him play some games. Let Stolarz play. I Let them play a bunch. I, I mean, I'm just kind of like, you're right. You see Gibson get frustrated. And I think his confidence has taken a little bit of a hit. The focus part, I mean, that's a little bit harder to tell. You definitely see him getting frustrated, and I, I think he gets burnt out, and, and, and maybe that bleeds into his focus. But um, this team, after the All-Star break, in general, has gone down. I mean, the special teams are still up there, usually around, I think, top 10. I haven't looked at it just yet recently, but they used to be top five. So special teams have started to go down a little bit, and... I mean, if you look at this team, there's not a lot of people playing well consistently, uh, and the injuries do factor into that, uh, you know, as we've talked about. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's been rough. I I think giving him a break and bringing those guys in for sure would be something, um, you know, because like we said, the Ducks aren't really playoff bound. That's, we had a couple other fan questions on that too. I kind of covered it, but they asked, you know, the Ducks turn the season around. That was DJ KIKE714. Uh, the Ducks aren't going to turn around the season. Um, they, they may play better, but they're not going to turn around and be a playoff team. And that's what uh, AVVNS asked, you know, are the playoff hopes dead at this point? Yeah, the playoff hopes are dead at this point. Um, th- that's, and I think Verbeek realizes that. Uh, that's, it's not a surprise. It's, it's not a secret. And 
um, that that's where we're at, uh, you know, with this team. I, there's just not a hot a whole lot of uh, stuff going on in terms of the playoffs. But this kind of leads over into the trade stuff and and what uh, Verbeek's doing. Uh, this we'll talk about all the trade stuff right now. The big part that you guys want to you know go over as far as everything, right? Um, this this section is brought to you by uh, Body Check Wellness. That's check C H E K, uh, capital O C S for a discount. Uh, make sure you check it out. But the thing with this team is Verbeek knows they're not a playoff team, and that's evident by the Manson trade. Uh, he did that trade fairly early too, which is one thing I did like uh, before we dive into the actual trade, which I know, Eddie, you got tons to talk about because your other team, Colorado, made two trades early uh, this week. But the he didn't wait till the last minute. And I think that's one thing that drove a lot of us nuts with Murray is that he would throw in like five trades at like the you know final hour uh, or final second of the uh, trade deadline and blow it. You know, it was just nuts. But I think he knows that, and he made this trade with Manson. We actually talked about this on the last show that it looked like Manson was going to be traded. Mentioned it in, in the in the uh, trade article as well. All the signs pointed towards that. Uh, Verbeek is still trying to work on Lindholm. Manson was on the back burner. Uh, they picked up Andre Schuster off waivers, and uh, you know I I don't know. Uh, I I just think that. Manson trade was inevitable. I think it was is gonna you know be done, and that's what happened. And, and to me, this trade, I like the trade, and I'll let you weigh in on that and everything. But I I think this trade also signals that Verbeek's like, okay, we got to work on this rebuild and get going because this team is not a playoff team, and it's not even about a playoff team. I would say it's not a contender type team, and so I think that this trade made a lot of sense. Um, Eddie and I and I think it's one that'll work for both teams. But uh, what's your take? You know, because the Ducks are basically the team that made the first big trade before the trade deadline, technically. Well, and Colorado, obviously, together. Yeah, the Ducks pushed the dominoes down, and I was like, I was telling my hockey friends and and everyone, the Ducks pushed that that domino and really set the the tone for the trade deadline. I think Manson to the Ducks, or I'm sorry, to the to the Colorado Avalanche is going to be great for them. It's going to instantly pay, uh, pay dividends. Manson's the kind of player you would die for in the playoffs. He's that, that, that player you do not want to play against. He's going to alleviate and take this kind of stress off players like Kadri, who's having a fantastic season. He's playing lights out, the best season of his career. He's had numerous suspensions in the playoffs, so... Because he loves to uh, defend his teammates, and he takes liberties at other players that take liberties at his teammates. You have a player like Gabriel Landeskog, which a lot of Ducks fans don't like. He's been a thorn in the Ducks for a while, but he'll take liberties for his team too, and he'll go out there, which you don't want Gabriel Landeskog going out there. Another player too that Manson can help protect and take away that, I guess, that fight mentality for and stand up for a teammate is Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon is a hothead. He's had uh, some anger problems, which he admitted before on the Spit and Shakers podcast. And he's not shy to drop the gloves and stand up for his team. Uh, it doesn't matter if you hit uh, uh, their worst player on the fourth line or some rookie. Nathan McKinnon will jump in there. And the Avalanche do not need players like McKinnon, Kadri, or Landis Cog going out there and fighting. Now they have a player like Manson that's going to be in your face, that's going to throw the hit. You're going to go to the boards with him, you're going to get hurt. It just it boosts the Avalanche that much higher for them to potentially win a cup. 
the, the playoffs is a whole different breed of hockey. Like you have to not only be skilled, but you have to be physical. And Manson, it seems like he was his bread, and he just he's molded for that playoff mentality. It was weird, and it sucked to see him in a different jersey. Even though I do like the Colorado Avalanche, it's my second favorite team. It was just so surreal, and just like what the f is going on. But yeah, I'm glad he got traded to the Avalanche, and I, I wish him nothing but the best. Him and his wife, uh, just. I know it's a big change for them. Uh, the only thing I hope for Manson is I hope that he goes and wins a cup with the Colorado Avalanche, and I hope he comes back and signs with the Ducks. As far as what the Avalanche gave back, a second-round pick, and then their uh, defenseman, Hallison, a lot of the Avalanche fans were really bummed out on them giving up him. He's supposed to be uh, a, another kind of a Manson, uh, a younger Manson coming up, like you said, Mike, uh, when we were talking earlier. He, he's he's one of those players that can fill the, fill that role, replace him. He was big on the Avalanche's like blue line of prospects that people wanted. Avs fans were kind of devastated on losing him. However, the Avalanche have a pipeline of defensemen. They have Devon Taves hasn't been playing. He's underrated. That's a great defenseman. They gave, they gave up only a couple of, uh, second round picks for him. It's just. It was one of those trades where right now you can actually just say that this both teams won the trade. Ducks got some assets. They got a, a good rookie in the pipeline that they recently signed. And apparently Zegris loves that. <laughs> and then they have a second round pick uh, in 2023 for that. So I think everyone wins in this. If Madsen wins the Stanley Cup, he re-signs with the Ducks in the offseason. And everyone double wins, if that makes sense. Yeah, that was uh, we had longtime listener Matt Fleshman. He asked that if 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 the Manson would win the cup and the Ducks bring it back. I I definitely think Colorado has an excellent chance at winning the cup. They're they've been playing great. Um, as far as the Ducks bringing them back, I don't know. That's a tough one because the thing with Verbeek is he does not know these players. He is not uh, Murray, and you remember how Manson was basically like a son to Murray. It was also the one that, uh, you know, you, you love him more than your wife does and all those kind of comments and things that were out there. So I don't know if he comes back or not, but you're right. If he does, it's a double win for sure. If, if, if the avalanche, you know, go on and win a cup, he gets that and he comes back. It'd be fantastic. Um, uh, as far as the trade specifically, the details, I, I don't know if we actually broke it all down on here, but uh, I, I'm sure you read the article and you saw the news. But it was Manson to Colorado for Drew Hellison and a second round pick in 2023. The Ducks do retain 50% uh, of Manson's salary. Not a big deal. There's only six or seven weeks left in the season. But that helped the Ducks get a second round pick instead of a third round pick. So that was a good thing there. You mentioned Hellison being a younger version of Manson, what a lot of people have talked about. Uh, he's only 20 years old, six foot three, a little over 200 pounds. They're saying he's a good two-way defenseman, can shut down players, and has a good hockey IQ. Um, you know, he could be a future Manson. I, that's what a lot of people are saying. And on top of that, he won the World Junior Gold with Zegris. Zegris is on board. He had that funny photo of them celebrating uh, together at, uh, on Team USA on Instagram. So you know that he, uh, Z's excited to have him in there too. So. I'm with you as far as the trade. I think both teams won. The other thing we didn't know at the time, too, Eddie, that came out uh, later was uh, the Ducks at the time of the trade, they owned Hellison's rights till August 2023, and then they um, actually went and signed that entry-level contract. 
a little twist to it, the contract doesn't start till next season. So a lot of people are asking, well, what does that mean for Hellison this year? What it means is he has to sign an amateur tryout contract and then he could join the goals only for the rest of the season, which I don't care. It's good with that. Um, for some of you, it may be a little complicated, but his contract is not eligible for the slide rule. Uh, some of you understand that uh, sometimes you can uh, play your first year of an ECL uh, depending upon your age and some factors, and then that that first year doesn't get quote-unquote burned. But uh, because of his status, that doesn't work out that way. So this is kind of a workaround, and that's why they put that entry-level contract uh, starting next season, which, I, I mean, that made it even better. So now he's locked up. He's not going to leave, which was kind of a, a concern of some people when the trade was made. And it was funny because Verbeek said, oh, yeah, we're going to get a deal done. And I, I, I think, I can't remember who posted that, but I think it was like within hours, then it was like, oh, we signed his entry-level contract. <laughs> so Verbeek was true to his word on that and got it done right away. So I, I like this deal, Eddie. Um, I think it's a win-win for both teams. Uh, your abs weren't done yet either. They picked up uh, Nico Strum from uh, the Wild. So what what do you think, man? I mean, we know the Ducks are pretty much you know going down the season. I mean, but Colorado looks like they're uh, doing some things here. What what are you thinking here uh, with these trades? Colorado is geared to win the cup, and Tyson Jost they traded to Minnesota infuriates me because I if you guys know if you guys are new listeners. I absolutely hate the Minnesota Wild. I I hate I can't stand them. They're the team I hate the most in the whole entire National Hockey League. Tyson Jost, I, I've met him and I've talked to him a few times when I was stationed in Colorado. Great kid, great work ethic. He he's one of those players. It seemed that he just fell down and didn't play up to his potential and went down in the the depth chart. Uh, went down to that bottom role for the Ducks. Or I'm sorry for the Avalanche. My bad. I'm thinking about the Ducks. See, I love the Ducks so much. I'm thinking about them. Um, I think uh, him going to Minnesota will have give him an opportunity to have a, a chance to uh, thrive in a top six role. Um, he's younger. He'll be a UFA. His cap hit was a little bit more, so that was the main contributing factor of the Avalanche trading him. They save about $1.25 million in cap space by trading Tyson Jones to the Minnesota Wild. Nico Strum is a big kid, a big guy, another physicality player that they want to bring in. It seems that the Avalanche are tired of getting pushed around in the playoffs, and they want to bring in the big guns. They have Manson, they have Strom. It's just uh, Strom will be a UFA uh, next or this season, so he's just a pure rental player. But it seems like the Avalanche are all in, and from what I'm reading from the analyst, Adrian Dater is a, a a good one to follow if you uh, if you're an Avs fan too. Um, yeah, they're not done yet. They still want to bring in more assets. Joe Sackick is an amazing GM. Um, usually he fleeces teams, and everyone always, like, it's, it's one-sided. Like, oh, Joe Sackick just robbed this team. I'm glad that uh, uh, Verbeek and Sackick actually had common ground, and we didn't get fleeced. It just, this trade was, like, from, uh, from the Ducks' perspective, was awesome. The Wild and the Strum trade. They both benefit from it. The, the Wild get a, a younger player that they have more control over in the rights, and they uh, they can see what he can actually bring when they give him more responsibility and, and hopefully bring the potential of, of that draft pick. Um, and the Colorado gets another pretty much quote-unquote asshole player that's going to make other teams kind of suffer uh, playing against them. Yeah, interesting stuff. I, I think you're right. You know, I mean, obviously you follow the abs more than I do, but uh, they're really loading up. I don't think they're done either. 
another team to watch. The Ducks aren't going to be done either as well. And I think a couple more trades did happen that may affect what the Ducks do. Um, we talked about Raquel a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, he's been out and injured. They're not able to get him out there to play. It, it could affect his trade status uh, if, if he's not, you know, good to go. Um, you know, a, a rental too. Uh, there's, you know, some things going on there trying to figure out uh, his value. You had uh, Seattle sending uh, Yarnock to uh, the Flames for a second round pick this year, a third round pick next year, and a seventh round pick in 2024. So a lot of people are thinking that that trade would affect uh, Raquel and, and, and make his value possibly go up. But I, I don't know with the injury now. That That's the other issue. Also, the teams that we had listed in the article that were interested, uh, Boston, Florida, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. Well, Toronto's pretty much interested everybody on the Ducks, it seems like. But um, uh, with with the the Rangers, they also made a trade. Um, they sent a pick to Florida for uh, Vetrano. So I don't. I think Raquel going to New York may be out of the picture. Um, Florida's making some moves too. It looks like they're shaking some things up here. Uh, they. Um, Made a trade with Montreal. Montreal uh, traded uh, Sherratt to Florida. And Florida sent uh, Simiak and a first-round pick uh, 2023 and a fourth-round pick 2022 to Montreal. So people are arguing about that, saying maybe that makes Lindholm's value go up as well. And and then there's different things going on uh, with Lindholm or Cal. There's so much speculation right now. It's just crazy. Uh, a lot of people are saying that Lindholm and Raquel aren't going to be on the team. They're not going to get re-signed. You had Frank Cerebelli saying that. He he thinks Lindholm's uh, return is a, a first-round pick, a top prospect, and another player that uh, uh, that's what the Ducks and Verbeek are asking for. So what do you think about all this? Do we have these trades? What do you think with Lindholm and Raquel? Uh, you think their value's gone up because of this Montreal-Florida trade and, and, and Seattle-Calgary trade? Or... What's your take on, on these two? Because obviously Manson's gone. These are the next two big ones. Everyone's talking about Lindholm and Raquel. What do you think, Eddie? you think they both get traded, they both stay, or, or one stays and one goes? Mike, I have to be honest with you, dude. Uh, I'm drinking a Bud Light Lime now. I had another shot. But uh, <clears throat> Toronto Maple Leafs reached out to me to sign me for their team. <laughs> next, next time I just play. No, you know what? Um Lindholm, I think, is definitely gone. There's no progress made. Uh, we know that. He, he mentioned before, or it was mentioned before, he wants to test free agency. That's no problem. Lindholm is going to fetch a huge return. And you know what? If I'm the Ducks GM, why the F not? Trade Lindholm, trade Raquel. If you want them back that bad, don't work on a deal right now. Have a tentative deal. Talk to them. Like, hey, you know what? You love this team. We love having you. Let's work out a tentative deal. We'll bring you back uh, uh, free agency. But now we're going to let you go so you can bring assets to our team. And you can come back in the offseason. Like, it's just like that easy. And you can have a chance to win a cup. I, I don't know. Like, that mindset is, is mine. If I, if, if I were a GM, I would talk to the players like that. Like, hey, Lindholm, Raquel, both of you guys obviously are, are really good friends. You guys are close. You guys, if you guys want to come back to the Ducks, Great. Let's put a deal, shake on it, put a deal on paper unofficially. Let me trade both of you guys. You guys can have an opportunity to win a cup somewhere else. You guys win a cup, great. Offseason, come back, and you have a deal already worked out. That's like, I think that's a win-win scenario for everyone. The Ducks get assets. They get better. 
Uh, we have our players that we love. I have a Raquel Lindholm jersey, so I love them. So if I see them win a cup, I'm not going to get mad about that. And I think everyone wins. I had a buddy, too, um, that's kind of close to the team, and he's told me a few things that, that came to fruition. He says that uh, Raquel is not going anywhere. And if Happus uh, Lindholm gets moved, he said he, quote-unquote, will get moved likely to Boston or New York. He didn't say which New York, but I'm assuming it's the Rangers because the Islanders are, yeah. So, um, I think this trade deadline is going to be different for Ducks fans. I think it's going to be more exciting. I think it's going to be more stressful. Um, like I always say, uh, Mike, uh, I don't know what you always say. You always like, like put on your seatbelt or, or get ready for the ride. Or It's going to be interesting. And the good news is I think you're off work too on Monday, right, Mike? So... Yes, yeah, so we're going to be over here uh, tag-teaming this. We're going to figure out uh, creative ways, maybe some giveaways that we uh, we have, keep the fans entertained. Um, yeah, so it's going to be uh, interesting and fun Monday. And we're most likely going to just jump on and do a, a quick show and, and break down all the trades um, that's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to try to get Bob Murray to come on the show. We can just talk about what he likes to drink and what he was uh, drinking during the like, last few trade deadlines. That's so a joke. But, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm stressed out about it, too, just like any other Ducks fan. Uh, I don't want to see some of my favorite players go. Uh, if Delorier goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might just go buy a Wild jersey and be a Wild fan. Never. I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, it's going to be fun, interesting, exciting. Um, I'm, I'm ready to roll with it, Mike. I can't wait till uh, Monday hunt, uh, comes and be up bright and early, having mimosas, and and let's let's freaking do it. Yeah, we will be doing something on Monday for sure. I'm not, I'm not exactly – I don't know if we're going to do something early or kind of wait and whatever. I don't know. Some of these trades might happen – heck, they might happen – right as we're recording or right after because that always seems to happen we were joking about that in our uh, ducks and pucks chat because it seems to happen to us often but uh in terms of Lindholm and what you're hearing i'm hearing the same stuff that boston and it's the the new york rangers that are in on Lindholm, uh florida edmonton and tampa bay are in the mix obviously toronto's been in the mix that's like old news they've been in the mix for a long time that's nothing new there um they were in the mix on manson and raquel too but I've been hearing similar things too as far as Verbeek trying to keep Lindholm and Raquel. And of the two, it's like more likely Lindholm would go, like you were saying. I mean, there's just such a huge return right now for him. I think it would be silly not to do it. With Raquel, him being injured kind of it puts a question mark in there. So it, it may... Not saying he won't be traded, but it, it, he, maybe they don't get a good return, or maybe um, it stalls some stuff. I don't know, but uh, that that part's been an issue because uh, I don't think that they're quote unquote sitting him out on purpose and whatnot, uh, like some people are, are saying. I, at least with Raquel, I, I don't know about Getzloff and Silverberg. I'm not really 100 percent sure on those two um, as well, but uh, yeah. So th- those are the ones to watch. Obviously, the big two, but the other two. That have been getting phone calls on have been uh, Delorier and Comtois. I can tell you at least five different teams have called and made offers on Delorier. And so it seemed like at one point, because I have a couple contacts close to Delo, that I, I, I honestly thought he would be traded by now. Um, a lot of people are calling on Delo, a lot. Uh, and some of those teams interested are Boston, Carolina, LA, which 
please no. Minnesota, which you can't stand. And Pittsburgh is in the mix still for him. You remember that he almost got sent to the Penguins' last trade deadline for a third-round pick. So I would not be surprised if he ended up uh, being traded and, and the destination was Pittsburgh. That, that's one that I wouldn't be surprised about. And Carolina seems to be pretty big on him too. So keep an eye on D'Lo. You have all that going on with him. And people have been calling on Comtois as well. Uh, nothing specific as far as teams that I've heard, but just that people have been calling on him. So that's that's where we're at. I, I don't see anything else. Those are the big ones. Um, we heard uh, Larson's name mentioned before too. Uh, had a couple of you ask about Silverberg. Uh, Ducks fan wants to know if Silverberg's going to get traded. Dan Estrella, you know, he, he says let's try to trade him and, and move that five million dollar contract. I'm with you. I think the problem with the Silverberg deal is uh, is that contract. He's still got a couple years left in the five million. Um, we talked about this when he had the hip surgery. I don't think that he is uh, ever going to play at the level that he did before. Not his fault, but hip surgery is a bitch. Um, we saw what happened with Kessler. Obviously, that was a double hip issue. Uh, why he couldn't finish, which you know he powered through to get to those 1,000 games. But with Silverberg, I think that's a tough one because if the Ducks are going to trade... I don't know that they're going to get a, a decent return because they're probably going to have to retain salary or throw in somebody. And that, and that doesn't seem the direction Verbeek's going in. Um, he did come out and say that he's not looking at prospects uh, necessarily or picks uh, either. He's trying to make the team better. And I, I don't know if there's a decent hockey trade with Silverberg, Eddie. Uh, no, it's, it's just, it's too much of a, unless the Ducks want to eat up a lot of salary, it's not going to happen at all. So, um, we can all take that away. Silverberg's one of those players too. You kind of want your team, a rebuilding team. It seems, I don't know. I, I, I would say definitely not. We had one question too from BSU Rit 97, whatever. I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong. About trading Gibson to the Oilers for Skinner, Brogberg, and a pick. Um, I can tell you Skinner is one of those players. He has the potential to be a, um, a great goalie. I can't see him as being a superstar. But if you're going to trade Gibson, um, the only way I would do it with the Oilers if his dry side was involved in it, obviously one for one won't be, or it might be, because they're both that caliber of players where they can change the outcome of a team. So thank you for that question. Sorry, Mike. I just want to jump on that because I saw that. And we'll have to just uh, go on that real quick. Um, yeah, as far as Silverberg, I, I, he, he's not going to be he, – he's staying on the Ducks. Um, he's just it's, – it's too much of a contract, the term that he has. It's just – yeah. Unless he starts playing lights out next season and goes bananas, no, he's, he's staying on the Ducks. No, I'm with you on, on the same thing on Silverberg. And even Gibson, like you talked about, I don't see that if, say, the Ducks were going to trade him. And I told you guys this, I think, on the last show. I said, hey, I'm, I'm all about entertaining offers uh, on 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 Gibson. I, I would at least listen. But I, I don't want a goalie. I mean, we have Dostal and Stolars. If I'm going to trade Gibson, then, I I mean, I want, like, a, a top four defenseman, uh, top six forward that scores. I, I mean, I want something that's going to be great. But I think Gibson's value has dipped because he hasn't been playing as well. So I think that's in the mix too. So that's why I don't really see Gibson 
getting moved right now. Uh, I just think there's too much stuff going on. I'm, but I, I'm all about entertaining it because the thing that I heard too is that you know Verbeek's not like uh, beholden to anybody. Like other than Zegras, Drysdale, and Terry. Uh, I mean, anybody could really be traded. Uh, there's no, there's nobody on there that's like, oh my god, you know, outside those three that could, you know, okay, this is the guy uh, that's I'm going to protect. All these other guys could go because Verbeek doesn't have any attachment to these players. You got to remember that he didn't build this team. He's trying to move it around and change it and do things, um, you know, to get it on track. And that's what he was talking about. Is he's he's not aiming at specific players. He, he's trying to make it better. And I think. By trading Manson and getting a younger version of him, that's why that trade worked out. So that's one thing that I'm kind of worried about, Eddie, is I do think that he could trade Lindholm and get a huge deal for him. But if there's not a defenseman somehow involved in that return, I'm kind of concerned because now you're looking at, okay, you have Drysdale, Fowler, Shattenkirk, you have Mahura, you know, uh, Schuster, I mean, Hellison's going to start coming up, but I mean, I mean, you're going with all these young guys and, and I mean, you're going to rebuild. I, I get it. But, uh, if you trade Manson and Lindholm and you don't have another top four guy coming back, that's one thing I'm, I'm curious to see in this, uh, you know, Lindholm thing. If, if he trades him, if there's a defenseman that comes back on there, that's my only concern. I'm not saying don't trade Lindholm. Not at all, but I, I'm, I'm just kind of concerned because the Ducks' defense has been shaky. We can sit there and say whatever we want about Gibson and him being off and this, that, whatever, but the Ducks' defense hasn't been great. I, I, I mean, we've seen that. I mean, you gave up eight goals to Chicago. I mean, come on. Chicago sucks, but they blew us out of the water and made us look like crap, right? And we gave up 40 shots on goal to New Jersey, who's another team that's not doing well. So, obviously, there's a lot of issues with this team, not just Gibson not playing well. The defense has not been great. And if you trade away uh, Lindholm and Manson, I mean, and, and we don't get another defenseman back somewhere in there or in a, a trade with Raquel or whoever, that's what I'm really curious to see about this deadline. Kind of overall is, um, I guess we can go into that next section, Eddie, about um, the targets of who the Ducks would look at. I don't have a specific uh, defensive player in mind. I'm just saying... If they get rid of Lindholm, that's something that would uh, be a, a, I would target getting a, a defensive player. I mean, Hellison, like I said, that's great, but but someone that can play right now. Gosh, damn, Mike, you tore that section up right now. Holy crap! I can I can't even agree with you more. That was that was amazing how you just you hit all those marks right there. I think uh, I think Adam Town too. I wanted to ask that uh, answer this question: Who is possibly coming to the Ducks? I can tell you one thing. It's going to be uh, assets. It's going to be um, assets, assets, assets. Whatever's going to make the team better. Um, I think the best bet right now for the Ducks to get, especially if they want to trade Lindholm, and I 110% agree with you. You can't get rid of Lindholm and not bring someone else back to fill that role. Chikrin is pretty much our Ducks savior right now, right? Like He's the one that you have to have. You have to bring back. Obviously, Arizona is not going to take on Lindholm without a term. So you have to give up a lot for him. You have to give up uh, players that you don't want to give up. Obviously, Zegris and Drysdale, Terry, those players aren't going anywhere. I don't know, Mike. The, the, the freaking Ducks might just sign you for a day and trade you to Arizona. Who knows? But holy crap! Like I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm still trying to catch my breath as a fan too of of everything that's going on right now. 
Ducks fans, it's going to get crazy this weekend leading up to the deadline. Deadline, just, it's going to be nerve-wracking. I, I don't know what to do to, to slow my roll. I have these melatonin gummies. I might take a couple of those I bought from Target and, and just kind of calm myself down. But it's just going to be nuts. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was going over this, and I'm really curious to see what happens. I, I, I'm almost anticipating that some of this stuff gets done before Monday, and that when we go to do the show on Monday, however we're going to do it, we might not even have anything to talk about as far as being a, a new trade that day. I, I'm really curious what's going to happen on the weekend and, and if stuff's going to get done uh, before then. But um, talking about targets, right, uh, buckedup.com. Uh, will be our sponsor for the targets. Uh, the the uh, giveaway, or excuse me, the discount code is Ducks and Pucks ninety three. Eddie, you use buckedup.com. Uh, I figured you want to or use their products if you wanted to mention something before we talk about some of this too. Yes. <clears throat> well, Mike, I use Bucked Up. No, obviously, I'm not going to really read a typical ad read. I'm just going to tell you straight up. Look, I was two hundred and thirty pounds. I was almost two hundred and forty pounds. I was fat. I was miserable, I was lazy, I just was feeling sorry for myself. I snapped out of it, looked in the mirror, and changed something. Obviously, I needed something to kind of help me elevate my, my stuff. I was going to the gym two, three times a day. I had a good trainer, my buddy helped me, but I needed some supplements. Bucked Up helped me, their Banff, which uh, we talked about earlier, about focus, like Gibson focusing. Their Banff uh, pre-workout makes you focus. They're woke up, makes you crazy. They're black, AF, makes you just freaking cracked out psycho. No, I, I just, I'm kidding though. Uh, Bucked Up has a lot of good products. Go check them out. Uh, Ducks and Pucks 93 code. You have any questions about any of the products, let me know. I'm not just saying this because they're just, you know, they're one of our sponsors and we're sponsoring them. I'm saying it because I changed my life and I lost, you know, from almost 240 pounds to 180. I'm 181 now, just maintaining it. So it really changed my life. It really helped me. Uh, their products too. Another one was Heat Hardcore. It's just uh, thermogenic that helps you sweat. And I just perform better. It's not one of those things. It's not steroids or anything unhealthy. It was all natural. So um, I just want to just kind of pass my knowledge on to, to the fans and, and, and anyone else. And it doesn't help getting a 20% off and free uh, free shipping from using the code DuxtonFox93. But like I said, you guys have any, any questions? I can show you the really big picture. What you saw, uh, Mike, you saw Big Eddie. And when you saw me again, you and your wife, you're like, whoa, where's Eddie at? <laughs> and then I'm over here. But yeah, go ahead and uh, check out. If you want to have your target weight or have more focus, check out Bucked Up and use the code DUCKSINPUCKS93. Yeah, it worked on you, dude. It was like a third or half of you was gone. I was like, what the hell? You've you been doing some meth or what? Like, what's going on, man? I was, I was like, damn, no. though. No, I mean, no, I know you're not. But I'm just like, damn, you trimmed down. No, you you, know, you look good. It was just I hadn't seen you in a while. I was like, oh, shit. This is fantastic. Uh, and I've actually been trimming down, too, a little bit. I actually have not been drinking as much, ironically, even though I am on the show. I've lost about 15 pounds. I'm back kind of where I was trimming down before when we talked about this on the show. So I'm getting back uh, in the lower range, which has been good. Um, as far as the targets, though, go, uh, Verbeek's been very quiet as a GM, not really saying a whole lot. Uh, we had LA underscore Angel City ask about Chikrin and Line A. You touched on Chikrin. He's been injured. 
uh, right now. So it sounds like some teams are dropping out on going for him. Uh, maybe the Ducks drop out or not, but the Ducks are also in rebuild. They're not worried about making the playoffs. They can afford to get Chikrin and let him rest and come back when healthy. They don't have to worry about that. So for me, that's not a concern. If they're going to still go after him, uh, I would say do it. Um, LA, uh, that Angel City account, he also asked about Patrick Line. Remember there was rumors about that before with him. I don't know if the Ducks would try to go after him. I mean, his contract right now is $7.5 at Columbus. Um, you know, that's pretty, pretty steep, uh, for a forward. Obviously, I mean, I'm not, nothing against line A, obviously, but, uh, that's a tough one. I don't know if the Ducks would go for that. Um, I mean, he's got 23 goals on the season, 22 assists, uh, you know, 45 points in 42 games. I, I mean, obviously would I like to have a guy on that team? Yes. But is that a guy that, uh, Verbeek would want to bring in, uh, for that kind of cost? I don't think so. I, I think that's a little bit too much. Um, there's there's some work to be done in the offseason. I know I talked to Jared about this at the watch party, and he asked a question about, you know, with the UFAs and the Ducks trying to spend money on them in the summer, and then the RFAs coming up too, and he and I kind of talked about that. And that's something the Ducks have to worry about. I mean, right now they're going to have like 40-something million free in the summer, but that's not counting all these other signings they're going to do, what's going to happen after the deadline. It's kind of, that's the number now, but that's obviously going to change. So, I, you know, oh, I like Line on the team. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if that's in the works. I think the other one that's been out there, and they said that the Ducks were one of the, you know, top teams looking at was uh kubliak on uh chicago and i i think that's more of a likely scenario um you know he had 30 goals a couple seasons ago then 17 last year and 11 this year um uh you know i think that's a guy that that could really work well with the ducks i i, I that's one I, I would bring in uh left wing you know shoots left i i think that they could add him to the lineup um, what do you think, Eddie? I mean, we talked about Chikrin a little bit already. What do you think about Line A, Kubiak, or, or anybody else that the Ducks might want to try to target to bring into this team? Kubiak from uh, Chicago, he's so, uh, like, like you just don't know what he is. He had that, that amazing season. He's not doing too well, but then you can't factor in that Chicago is not doing well either. If you put him on a better team, they perform better. It's just it's one of those things where it's like a big uh, outlier. Like you have no idea what's going on. You want my opinion on who to bring on the Ducks? Like I, I've told this, like I think it was like the last show. Victor Ovalson from the Buffalo Sabers, twenty-six years old. He has a, such an amazing shot, the one-timer shot that he has. It's just crazy. He's a twenty-goal scorer in 2019-2022. Had forty-two points with twenty-two assists. I, I think he could be a game changer. Obviously, he's not doing well this season. Only 27 points in 50 games, 10 goals. But I think on the right team, and you can't fault him if you're on Buffalo. Buffalo is just, I don't know, Mike. I think Buffalo, Mike, I hate the Wild, but I think Buffalo might be one of those teams where I might want to play for the Wild more than I want to play for Buffalo if I was a pro hockey player. But if I if I were the Ducks, I would go and take a run at this guy and, and get him. He's falling out of favor of Buffalo. Buffalo wants... Uh, more assets. They want to build their team better. They got Alex Tuck, which is playing lights out for them. Uh, people are projecting him to be the next captain. He loves the team. He's from the area. So that's going to be good. They want players that want to play for the team. 
Uh, obviously, uh, Victor Olfelson, maybe he's falling out of the good graces of the team. He wants like change the scenery. Something could work out with that. If I would, if I, if I were the GM for the Ducks, I would take a run at him and try to get him and see what he can do. He just has such a fantastic shot. I, I, I watch a lot. I used to watch a lot of hockey. Now, like before, I just lost all my time with all this crap I'm doing. But I watched him play a lot, and his shot's just one of those things where you pair him with Zegris, and you'll you'll watch magic. Yeah, you know, Buffalo is an interesting team because um, I actually got hit up uh, by uh, CKICH30 on Twitter about that. And he was asking about uh, Lindholm going to Buffalo to try to get some of those forwards. And he thought maybe that could be something that could work for both teams. And I and I think that that is something that would be interesting with Buffalo. The other one's Dylan Cousins, too, on Buffalo, he's got 31 points in 57 games. Uh, another one to look at in there. Um, obviously, they have Krebs on there. They're probably not going to want to do anything with him. But, I mean, I don't know. For, for Lindholm, would they? Um, and, and you mentioned some of the other guys on there as well. Um, you know, there's there's there could be some something there between Anaheim and Buffalo. I, I mean, if, they, if Buffalo wanted Lindholm to shore up their defense... Um, there are some promising young forwards on Buffalo. So I don't know. I, is there a hockey deal there that can be made between the two teams? And, and this is just us, you know, shooting the shit. Uh, I haven't heard anything. But, I mean, yeah, I think that that could be a potential trade partner, Eddie. Uh, they do have some forwards in the lineup that they could use um, and try to bring them in. Uh, you know, they don't cost a lot. Like I said, um, they, they have some upcomers in there. Uh, if they're willing to part with some of them, I, I don't know. Um, some of those guys can play center and wing, uh, Co- uh, Cozens and uh, Krebs. Like I said, probably stretch, I know. But uh, you talked about Olofsson too in there. Oh, man. I mean, Tuck, of course. You know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of guys in this lineup that they could really add, Eddie. I, I mean, maybe there is some kind of deal there. Oh, yeah. Tuck's not going anywhere. He's... He, he's... He's set in stone there. Cousins, uh, I would love to get him on the Ducks. I got, that kid's fantastic. Uh, Krebs, no, hell no. He's untouchable. He's like the, the Zegris of right. Anaheim. Right. But you know what? Honestly, too, I would hate any freaking Ducks player to go play for Buffalo. It's a, a shit city. And I, I know uh, Jack Eichel had his issues there, but when he came back, the fans were booing him. And, and I, like, yeah, I, I I wasn't a fan of his either. He, he, he seems like more of a diva. And he didn't want to play for the team uh, after he signed that extension because the team was tr- like trending down. But the whole issue was him not being allowed to get his surgery he wanted to get. He got it and he's still playing. He 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 went out to dinner the night of the surgery, and Buffalo didn't let him. I I, I don't know. I, I Buffalo fans are weird. I don't know. Being over there, it's it's getting you a certain level of highness where you don't uh, like thinking straight. But damn. It's just it's crazy. Um, like I said, like Olfelson is one of those players where I think he can be a game changer and a different environment. Uh, you you pair him with a player like Zegris. Zegris is a pass first kind of kid, um, and he just kind of lights everyone else and makes everyone else around him have fun. And I think Olfelson would benefit from that. Uh, Tuck would be a player I would love, hell would love to have on the Ducks. Just just all-around great hockey player, but he just got traded to Buffalo for the Eichel 
trade. He got off injury. He's tearing it up. I have it on fantasy too. So thank you, Tuck, for all the points you've been giving me. Um, he's projected to be the next captain of the Buffalo Sabres. And he's bringing life to that team. So as a hockey fan, I wouldn't want to disrupt that and take him away from that. But as a, as a Ducks fan, I would love to have him on the team. Yeah, I mean, I'm throwing out Krebs and Tuck's name, and I'm pretty sure those aren't going to happen. But, I mean, they've got some other guys on there. so It could happen, yeah. Mike. It could happen. Gretzky got traded, so. Yeah, you never know. So, But that's another team to watch. So uh, plenty of stuff going on. Uh, we're going to get uh, – oh, well, you had the funny question that we were going to talk about because we're talking about this trades and all this stuff and you're talking about Buffalo. But Hockey Fights put out a funny thing. It said uh, – on uh, Twitter, you're about to sign on the dotted line of your NHL contract. You need to pick three teams that you can't be traded to. So who are you choosing? Who are the three teams you wouldn't want to be traded to, Eddie? Okay. Mine, obviously, uh, Minnesota. Definitely not. San Jose and Buffalo. And the funny thing about this, too, uh, our buddy and fellow Ducks and Pucks fan, uh, Timmy, he wrote, quote, you are a changed man. Dating a Kings fan has changed you. Please tell me they aren't your favorite number two team now. Okay, Timmy, number one. No, they're not. And she's my girlfriend, so we're not dating anymore. And I picked them because I hate the Wild. I hate the Sharks. And Buffalo's a shithole city. I would never want to be in there. Like, what am I going to do? Play in the damn snow and not do anything? Maybe go freaking fish at Niagara Falls and get arrested? Hell no. And the only reason why I didn't name the Kings on that, not because of my girlfriend, because I have a lot of family and friends that live in Southern California. So if I would be traded anywhere, I go to the Kings. That's fine. I have all my family and friends. Mike Walters could be like, hey, he was my he was my co-host. Now I'm watching him play hockey. That's the only reason why. And you know what? Every night I wore that Kings jersey, I would buy a bottle of bleach and just dump it on my skin after that. So that's that, that's a question to answer. Yeah, that that one was a, a good one. Um, you know, I was laughing. I was looking at that, and uh, I there's no way I could play for LA. I'm s- not sorry. <laughs> I, there's no way. I do not care. I will. I would never. Ever, you couldn't pay me enough. LA, no. Uh, I love my Rams, but I'm sorry, I don't like I don't like the Kings. Let's I, hear not, your teams then, Mike. Let's yeah. hear your teams. Uh, well, it would be the it would be the Sharks too. I just you know I just can't play for any other California team. So the 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 Kings and the Sharks are on there for sure. Is ones that I couldn't play for. And then I was trying to think about this. I know you you can't stand Minnesota. That's that's not really a big deal for me. I mean, I wouldn't want to be out there either. But anyways, uh, wait, 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 wait. What? Wait, Minnesota. It's not, a, it's, it's not a big deal for you. Oh my god. You know what? Yeah. I'm jumping on a Sharks podcast now. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I would never do that. Oh. No, for me is it's it's Detroit, Eddie. I couldn't play for the Red Wings. I just I just couldn't, man. I know that the rivalry isn't quite there, but I I couldn't do it. I couldn't go with the Red Wings. I just can't. Yeah, that's a t- that's one I'd be like, yeah, I, I just no, no go for me. So that that's it. San Jose, L.A., and Detroit. Those are the three I would not want to play for. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So, like, like, just question. Yeah. You're you're a superstar player. You can sign with any team you want. Besides, the teams that you don't want to sign with, and the teams that you do want to sign with. No, no. I'm sorry. You're, you're <laughs> 
the, the three teams you, that you wouldn't sign with and your favorite team, which is the Ducks, are your second favorite team, the Penguins. Right. Who would you sign with? Th- that's a good one because I was, I was thinking about that too. I was thinking, okay, so those, those three are the ones I don't want to go with. And who would I want to go with, like you said, besides my quote-unquote bird teams, right? The, the Ducks and the Penguins. Oh, man, I, I was looking at that and I'm trying to think. That's a tough one, man. I think, I mean, I do like the Avs. I don't want to say that because that's your team. I mean, I, 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 that would be a fun one. Um, but, oh, man, I think it would be a toss-up. I, I kind of like Tampa Bay, to be honest. I think that would be fantastic to go to Florida and play on the Lightning, man. Uh, and Arizona, that's another one I like. I, I like. I, I know. I know Arizona's playing at a college. Sorry, y'all, but I, I think I would like uh, those two. Um, oh, you know another team that that would be a no go to. No go would be Nashville, Eddie. Nashville would be a no go if we had another one to add in there. I, I can't. Nothing against Tennessee and, and being there. I, I know a lot of people that moved there recently, but I can't. I couldn't play for the Predators. But I think Arizona, Tampa Bay, Colorado would probably be the the teams. If there was three teams, those would be the three. Yeah, Colorado, Tampa Bay, Arizona. What, what would be the three teams that you would want to play for? Obviously not the Ducks and Colorado. Oh, not Colorado. Yeah. yeah I, uh, hey, I can't, I can't do Penguins, so... Okay, then I would pick uh, obviously number one the Florida Panthers because there's no state tax and you're, you're there not you go. like you you're not recognized. Tampa Bay they're their hot team they won the two cups so if you go out to eat everyone's gonna like bother you and hey what's up? So Florida Panthers would be like my number one team. Um, Vegas would be up there. Vegas, I like the Vegas lifestyle. I get in trouble and probably kick out the team the first <laughs> year. So, but you know, I have a good time. And you know what? My favorite Canadian team I'd probably play for, and I know you know they're a shit team, but the Ottawa Senators. I was a little kid. I used to like their logo and everything. And I know it's weird because they met the Ducks in the Stanley Cup final and playoffs and stuff like that. But you know what? I I used to like their logo, so that'd be a, a third team I would play for. But I want to say Florida financially would, would make the best thing. If I were, I want to say I'm 35 years old, maybe six years younger, Vegas, because I'd go crazy and, and I'd probably Vander King like everything. I don't know. Besides the, hitting the women, I'm talking about gambling and being a de- like, drunk degenerate. Yeah, I, I'm with you. That's another reason why I picked uh, Tampa Bay too was because of the, the taxes there, man. And, yeah, I mean, but Tampa not? Bay is like more like – if, if you go out to eat, you're going to be bothered. I don't, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I can see that. And you're tall, too. So it's like you walk in somewhere, it's like, hey, that's Mike Walters with Tampa Bay Lightning, number 88. I walk in there at 5'8. Oh, who's that little guy wearing a 44 jersey? Oh, I don't know. He's nothing. Yes, no problem, bro. <laughs> Oh man, our dude, conversations, that, that, dude. This that was a good that was a good uh, segment there. We kind of went off cuff. We uh, just so you guys know, we usually plan stuff. That that was not planned. So that that was a good segment there. I like I like that spontaneous. Um, uh, all right, we're running out of time. So let's let's uh, let's just go to the league news. We'll wrap this up. But this is exciting. Uh, we have one more sponsor on the league news section, uh, Norse Beards. For all you guys out there that uh, need to trim down your beard or your mustache or whatnot, check them out. Also, uh, promo code on there is capital uh, OCS. 
So check it out. So league news. We talked about all the uh, the trades and stuff that went on. And what 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 is going on with San Jose though, Eddie? We talked about them. You know, um, not want or me not want to be on them, but they freaking bring back Tomas Hurdle for eight years at over eight million. Like WTF, dude? What did you think about that shit? You know it's funny. <laughs> you know it's really funny. Um, my girl was just calling me right now. I, I just like I blocked it, so I'm gonna have to owe her something. I say that because he signed a deal, a team friendly deal, and they honored that and paid him a little bit more than he should earn after that deal he signed years ago. Um, Mike, I don't have no idea what the hell's going on with San Jose Sharks. He's a great player. Like he's he's their best player. He's not a superstar. He he's not that player that's gonna push them over the edge, and, and get them to that level. He's not a Nathan McKinnon. He's not a Cindy, uh, Cindy Crosby. Is prime. He's a, he's not a McDavid, Drysdale. He's not a Zegris. I don't know what's going on. Um, you mentioned uh, <laughs> we're talking about uh, smoking meth earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the GM of the San Jose Sharks uh, hit the pookie pipe a little bit. He's smoking a little bit of of I don't know. It's just. No disrespect to Hurdle at all. I, I said he's a fantastic player. He's a great player. Is he worth eight million dollars or that sixty-five million dollar contract in eight years? Absolutely not. You know what? What's good for us is they're paying Carlson. They're going to pay him. They're going to regret this. The Sharks aren't going to go anywhere. They're not coming to Cup anytime soon. Um, that's the only positive thing. So you know what, Mike? I haven't used it the whole show. But I'm gonna use it right now. Fuck the sharks. Yeah, I I, I know. I I was like, well, good for, good for you guys. You want to do that? <laughs> uh, I, I'm with you. Like whatever, dude. And then uh, the, there's not gonna be any reunion with Pavelski because he signed a one year deal for five point five million with Dallas uh, and a five hundred thousand uh, dollar bonus. Uh, what did you think about that? I mean, I, I you know, I don't know. I, I, it's, that worth it for Dallas, or should the Sharks have tried to bring him back? Uh, I mean, obviously they had Hurdle on the brain, so. <laughs> yeah, you know what? With Pavelski, and I, I put this on our league news because I'm so amazed, and it sucks to actually say that I'm a fan of a former Shark. If you guys look at his numbers, Pavelski's been one of the most like dominant and consistent players, and in, in I don't know, like since I've been following the National Hockey League. If you look, go and look at his numbers, it's just been crazy. And right now, he what? He's thirty-seven years old, and he has sixty points already. Twenty-three goals, thirty-seven assists. Dallas made a good choice of signing him and re-signing him for the deal that he signed—the five point five million. That oh hell no! He just he's not slowing down, uh, Mike. I guess that meth is kicking in on Pavelski. No, still kidding on that. I think San Jose screwed up on letting him go. I'm glad they did because you know, I, I don't want to face him. I'd rather him score points at the Dallas Star on the Ducks than a San Jose Shark on the Ducks. But it, it's just crazy. I, I, I did talk about uh, the Dallas Stars place, uh, Andre Sakara on waivers too. And I, I asked you a question, Mike. Is he a possible Ducks pickup? He's in the last year of a tier deal at $1.5 million per cap friendly. The Ducks are possibly going to move Lindholm. 
He could be the veteran presence uh, presence to help Drysdale and uh, our other young defensemen, and he could actually be a plug, like we had uh, Andre's sister uh, got put in. So um, I don't know, Mike. What do you think about uh, him getting possibly picked up by the Ducks on waivers? I mean, they they could they could try to go after him and, and do that. The only thing with him is that uh, he's going to be a, a UFA. So I mean, it would it would be a limited time. I mean, unless. You know, they thought there was a, a way to bring him back or something. I, I don't know. I, I think it's too much of a risk uh, with his his deal. You know, being done at the end of the season. If he had another year on, maybe. So I, I I don't see the Ducks going after him, Eddie. Yeah. Well, this is why I disagree with you. I, I have no idea. Like, if it's Drunk Murray, probably. But if Verbeek needs someone to replace Lindholm and just had that extra defenseman on the back of his pocket. Maybe, and I, I I'm more thinking about as a veteran presence. He's he's been around for a while. Um, he's he, he took the you know he almost took the stars to a, he didn't take them. He he was like, like contributing factor, but he was there when the stars made their run. It, it, personally, I wouldn't think it was a bad move to bring him in and and give our young guns a break. Don't like prematurely rush someone up from the AHL and and put them in a predicament that they're not like comfortable with and kind of like rush the development and screw it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I just think the only thing is, is just, you know, if he had another year on, maybe they would do it. I don't I don't know. Unless unless Verbeek thinks he can get him and bring him on for another year. So. Oh, no, no, hell no. He's, no, I'm saying just bring him in just just to fill Lindholm's spot and, and add just, just, I guess, a roster spot. Not Right. No, I got yeah. you. No, I got you. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, see what happens with that. Uh, we'll kind of end up here with the last couple things. We have a couple good stories to finish on, Eddie. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, uh, if you want to talk about uh, P.K. Subban and what he did with his foundation. Yeah, well, Subban, he's... Uh, in Montreal, he, he, he donated a lot uh, for the Children's Hospital, and that was awesome. And now he's uh, actually uh, supporting Ukrainian children with cancer that are arriving in Montreal for treatment. And New Jersey Devils are, are treating that. I know this is a, a sensitive subject for people, and people are f- pro against it. I, I I don't care about that. I don't get into politics. All I care about there's children with cancer, and he's helping them. The National Hockey League and New Jersey Devils are helping them. That's all that matters. I think PK Subban is a selfish and piece of crap player. On the ice, but I think he has a big heart off the ice, and I'm looking forward to him retiring and and contributing part of the game more than than what he's doing on the ice. Um, this is I don't know. This, this is the touching. I, I lost a cousin to cancer, and him doing this, regardless of what you think. Like I, like I said, it's just it, it's amazing that PK's uh, willing to put his money on, and the New Jersey Devils are willing to support him and. and kind of put their money where their mouth is too. Uh, like I said, this is all about a children that have cancer. It's not about who they are or where they're from. It's just cancer sucks. And that's one thing we can all agree on that we can all come together on and, and try to battle together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, we, my wife and I lost another uh, friend to cancer recently. So uh, it's been a rough two years. Uh, I've lost a lot of friends uh, in this last family and friends in this last two years, and unfortunately, a lot of them have been from cancer. So 
uh, yeah, it's rough. So, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm glad he's doing that, regardless of, of what you think about him and, and playing hockey. And then the Ducks, they did something that was awesome. They showed uh, Jackson Lewis Rodriguez, who is a, a Make-A-Wish recipient. He went and met with Getzloff and Zegras and a couple of the the team and whatnot. But he was so excited. Uh, you know, his facial expression, everyone's cracking up. I took a photo of it and I put it on a shirt just to kind of make it something funny because people are talking about it being a dude 2.0 shirt. But just to see that kid's face, Eddie, um, what a good thing the Ducks did uh, as well there. Oh, yeah, dude. It was instantly gave me like chills. I got happy. It was, it was cool. Great for him. Zegers was awesome. Getzloff's comment, like, oh, they, they ran out of 15 jerseys. Oh, it was just the funniest thing in the world. I, I love this team. I love Zegers. Zegers is going to. He's going to change the game of hockey, and I love it. Absolutely. And I, it's just a great moment. So we want to finish on some good stuff there. So this this, this show, we kind of blew it up. But uh, uh, buckle your seatbelts. Hang on. Uh, it's going to be a crazy weekend. I think there's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening around the league and with the Ducks. Eddie and I will be doing something on Monday for sure. We'll post stuff. Stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, that's it. Uh, let's go Ducks.